Imagine cold calling a C-level executive at a Target account where he or she personally picks up the phone and agrees to a meeting because they just happen to be seeking a solution like yours. Stop imagining and start dialing with DiscoverOr, the world's leading prospect intelligence platform. Visit discoverorcom forward slash SDR to learn more. You're listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum focused and dedicated 100% to sales development. If you care about growing your skills and getting more new sales appointments, pipeline, and closed one deals, you came to the right place. Subscribe to the show on YouTube, iTunes, or Spreaker, and be sure to go back and listen to all the episodes for the best strategies, tips, and tactics out there on running a high-performance sales development program. And now, your host, founder, and CEO of TenBound at TenBound.com, David Delaney. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. I'm super excited to get my next guest on the show, Mr. Scott Ingram, account director with Relationship One and host of the Inspired Marketing and Sales Success Story podcast. How are you doing today, Scott? I'm doing well, David. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you so much. Uh, this is definitely an honor for me, someone who's a role model in the in the world of <laughs> podcasting and, and making things happen out there. So thanks for making the time. Yeah, my pleasure. Although I think you're further ahead in terms of number of episodes. So we'll, oh. we'll see who learns from who here. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, I, I'm trying to inspire. There's a guy named Morgan J. Ingram, who is my inspiration as well. And a friend of mine challenged him. He said, I'll be on your podcast when you've created 100 episodes. And so Morgan finally got to 99 and he called the guy up and he goes, okay, I'm at 100. Will you be on my show? Yes. Okay. Perfect. So, so that's my inspiration. I got to get to a hundred. I got to get fantastic. To <laughs> good goal. Good goal. Yeah. But don't don't stop there. I've seen a couple shows get to a hundred, and that was the end of it. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting. So, okay. I want to talk to you about podcasting. I want to talk to you about your conference that you have coming up. But if folks are not familiar with Scott Ingram and they haven't listened to the podcast yet, tell us a bit about yourself and and how you came to be the account director at Relationship One. Yeah, well, sort of two different threads and, and two different stories. So let's talk about sales world first, and then we'll talk about kind of the podcast side of the world. The kind of the relevant part of my sales career started when I joined Eloqua in 2009 as a, a field account sales rep, and I was managing a, a four-state territory for them. That was pre-IPO, so that was actually my second IPO. Before that, I worked for a company called Bizarre Voice, so they went public as well. So two IPOs, and then well, I think we only had one earnings call with Eloqua before we were acquired by Oracle, and I spent a little bit of time working with Oracle. And hmm. for me, I, I know myself and I know where my strengths are and I know what kind of organization I work really well in. When I joined Eloqua, there were 300 people. And obviously, I looked up at Oracle being surrounded by 130,000 colleagues <laughs> and wow. all of the bureaucracy in the world that goes with that. And that j it just wasn't a good fit for me. So spent a little bit of time, spent a couple of years at a company called Certain that uh, worked in the event marketing space. So they were a uh, an app cloud partner of Eloqua, so stayed in that ecosystem because I liked it a lot. And then about two years ago, joined Relationship One, who, when I was working with Eloqua, the, the last role that I had there, they asked me to move into a strategic account role. So I was managing about 15 of Eloqua's largest accounts, predominantly out of the Midwest, and my best partner was Relationship One. 
And so had an opportunity to join them about two years ago. And I, I often joke that this is as close as I can be to Eloqua and impacting the clients who are making the use of that technology without having to work for Oracle. So it's, <laughs> it's kind of the best of both worlds. I enjoy it a lot. And on the podcast side, this is it's a long, long story, actually. It, it really goes back to somebody called me out on it the other day. I think it was 2000. No, it's it's further back than I think. I, it, it must have been nine years ago because I registered the domain named the Rainmaker Awards because I had gone to an event in Austin called Austin Under 40. And I just I thought the model was brilliant. You know, they had 10 different categories. So, you know, they had legal and finance and technology and nonprofit and all these different things. And they'd have five finalists in every category. So you end up at an, with an event with 50 finalists. They, then they brought all their friends and family and they, you know, they picked the winners. And then the winner of all of that becomes the Austinite of the year. But I just looked at the model of the event and thought, this is brilliant. And I thought, you know, this would be fascinating in sales because in sales, the people who are the very best that go to President's Club and are at the top of their game in a particular organization, they're heroes in their organization. So they tend to be known inside that company. They may be a little bit known inside the industry and then nobody knows who they are. And I thought, no, that's that's not right. <laughs> you know, yeah. these people should have more recognition. And I thought, gosh, what if we did a giant conference that was uh, really based on that idea, right, where we recognize the best of the best? Interestingly, though, and this is how the podcast thing came about, that is just an, a monumental lift. You know, it, it was this idea that just haunted me. It would not go away. But every time I thought about how much work it would take to pull off, my head just melted. I thought, this is this is crazy. I can't do this. But I really got into podcasts a number of years ago, and I realized, you know, the only reason I wanted to do that event was to bring those people together the the recognition was just an excuse. I really wanted to get out their stories. I wanted to understand what the heck are you doing? You know, how is it that you were selling SaaS software and you sold six million dollars last year? What the heck did you do? And so when the podcasting thing kind of came about, I thought, wait a minute, here's an opportunity for me to get directly to the thing I was trying to get at in the first place. And that is those stories. So when I launched the Sales Success Stories podcast about a year and a half ago, I only interview folks who are either number one or in the top 1% in their role inside of an organization. And I only talk to individual contributors. I think there's a lot of shows that talk to sales leaders and sales operations folks and, and that. But there's very little content out there that comes directly from those who are at the very top of their game. And, and you know, one of the folks joked with me when we were getting ready for the interview. He's like, well, yeah, Scott, like we don't have time to write books like we're out selling, <laughs> you know, so it's it's a really unique and interesting opportunity. And I am having so much fun with it. We're now I just recorded episode 40 uh, yesterday that'll come out right about the same time that, that you release this. And that was with. To Paul, oh, he, his last name is, is hard, DiVincenzo, who, get this, he's at Cintas, number one for four of the last five years in a row, and he sold $13 million, more than that, over $13 million worth of uniforms last year. So if, if that's not unbelievable and if there's not something that we can learn from that, I, I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> this is amazing. Okay, so... You know, what? one thing that's interesting about podcasts is you can really focus in on a niche of a niche 
And it's amazing that this this group, which is so important to our business world and our economy and understanding how they think and what they do, has not had a real podcast focused on it until you came along with this idea. Well, and, and you know what it was, David, is I, I mean, I've consumed gobs of sales content over. I mean, I don't even, I don't even want to do the math. I've probably been selling for 15 years. I've read tons of books and I've been to different conferences and different things. But all of the content out there comes from, quote unquote, sales experts who really haven't sold anything. I mean, they sell themselves, they sell their training, they sell their keynotes, they sell their books, but they haven't sold anything like, like the rest of us in years and oftentimes decades. And I thought, you know, again, like that's great. There's good content there, but I think, I think the world of sales is evolving really, really quickly. And I've watched this having spent the last 10 years in marketing technology. I think if you look at that same journey and the way that marketing tech has evolved in that, in those last 10 years, I think sales is maybe only at this point four, maybe five years into that same evolution. And, and so I've watched the movie happen before. It's going to get crazier. <laughs> I still don't know what the resolution is because we haven't gotten there yet. But there's so much going on. And the world of selling is just different than it was five or ten years ago when there just wasn't as much noise. It was easier to break through and to get meetings and to get attention. Now it, we're just we're bombarded by everything that's out there. And I, again, I, I need to learn from people who are being successful in this new environment right now, not, oh, this worked great when people actually picked up the phone. Right, 15 years ago. And, and you know, one thing you said is it's going to get crazier, right? So you saw this happen when it went from the old school uh, marketing world to the Marketo, Eloqua, you know, marketing automation world that we're in. And I, I think about that, that Scott Brinker marketing technology slide that just keeps adding different logos. And now there's like 5,000 different logos and it's just crazy. But you're seeing this on the sales side as well. And you think it's going to get crazier. Tell me about that. What do you, what do you think is going to happen? Well, I think it has to do with the fact it's just easy to create a technology and create a company these days. So everybody is doing it and everybody's got a better idea, right? And so what you have is just this massive proliferation of technologies. And a lot of it is a, a solution looking for a problem. <laughs> you know, it's it's not really solving a specific problem. And I, I think the other challenge is, you know, there's some systemic things that I, I honestly I'm surprised that CRM hasn't been disrupted at this point because it's 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 not built as a platform to make the seller better. And that's why you have this disconnect in the world between sales leadership and, and field sailors who are using the CRM. The data is garbage because it, it was really designed to bring reporting and bring the analytics to the leaders. It wasn't designed to make the seller better. If it was a tool that made the guy or girl in the field better, and, and there was benefit for them putting in a lot more data, then it would happen, 
right? And and then leadership would get the insight that they need and be able to understand the forecast and kind of see what's happening. I, I think there's a couple of tools out there already that are kind of starting to to see that and do that. But there's it, it's what we're all experiencing everywhere, right? This this isn't the day of shoot. I'll, I'll date myself a little bit, and I was at the very tail end of this. But when I used to watch TV as a young kid, I had to get up from the couch, turn the <laughs> dial, and there were only and I was I was living in Southern California. There was like I don't know seven nine channels. <laughs> yeah. You know there there just wasn't all of these different channels now. You know, there's YouTube and Spotify and everything else, and there's just there's infinite choice. And so it's so very hard to break through all of that noise. And frankly, I think the other thing that we're really struggling with and and particularly in in the field ourselves is just distraction. There's so much coming at you from so many different directions. I mean, as as I got ready, this is a fun story. As I got ready to do my interview with Paul yesterday, he was talking about – he's very conscious of this and sort of works on it. But it's still – it's a three- or four-minute process to turn off the 15 different things that have the potential to make noise before we, (laughs) we do a podcast interview. Right. Wow. And, and so think about what does that mean for our own focus? I mean, I, I stopped before all the Facebook privacy th- stuff blew up. I disabled my Facebook account two years ago because I found it to be just a bottomless pit of distraction. I, I couldn't. And I'm too competitive. Right. Like if I'm in something, I'm in it. And so that just didn't. You, you have me. to like win. The Facebook. only option was to turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every everything's yes. a competition, David. You know that. Yes, yes, I, I can feel it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so massive proliferation of technology, which we see day after day, more silver bullets coming coming online for salespeople. And then, you know, when you were talking about CRM, you know, disruption, sales loft, huge investment today announced uh, fifty million that. dollars to to try to fix that problem. But again. And SalesLoft and, and those those products are awesome for planning your day and making sure that you're touching the customers in an effective way. But they're also another technology that you have to learn. And then you get into what you said, distraction. I think that kind of gets to the bottom of it is so hard to stay on task. You know, you've got a supercomputer in your pocket, you know, <laughs> that has more computing power than what sent people to the moon in your pocket that's ready to distract you at all times, be it Android or iPhone. So that, that distraction is, is it, when you say things are going to get crazier, are you thinking more technology comes out to help us, quote unquote, more distractions, et cetera? Well, sure. I mean, it's it's sort of, and I, I just invented a term as I think about this. It's like the paradox of productivity, yeah. right? So the promise of technology for the last 20 years is this is going to make us more productive. And I suppose at some level it has, but at the same time, we spend so much time managing our technology now. And, you know, what's yeah. interesting, and I hadn't thought about this. I mean, part of what I do and, and why I like coming on other podcasts, because I don't do this on my own podcast, is really thinking through what are what are the themes like what are the commonalities amongst those who are the best of the best right and as i think through just the last handful of episodes their models i mean i'm always asking about kind of the tools and the apps and the things that they're relying on i hear a lot of paper spreadsheets 
you know, it's it's very basic, very simple stuff. And I think what may be behind some of that is trying to keep things as simple as possible and not letting the technology intrude and just completely overwhelm you. You know, I, I think I think the best technologies, you know, the original sponsor of my podcast, they helped me get off the ground was nudge.ai. And when I talked with Steve Woods, who was one of the co-founders of Eloquest, so there's a lot of relationship going on there. He's now their CTO. His line was AI isn't going to replace salespeople. It's going to professionalize them. And the promise is it's going to take all of the minutia and all of the stupid stuff off of our plates so we can do the really productive, creative people part, the, the uniquely human parts of sales. And, and that's what he means by that level of professionalism. The problem is we're not there yet. There's, there's just, there's still too much. And so someday, <laughs> you know, perhaps there will be a, a tool that'll help sort of bring this all together. I've seen a couple of, of interesting things of, of late, but again, it's, it's walking that fine line of just not going so far off the, the deep end of distraction. I think at the end of the day, it, it, it so comes back to basics and the fundamentals. Somebody was talking about Jeff Bezos and sort of the, the driving philosophies of Amazon, which are, well, everybody is chasing the new and the shiny and what's next, what's next, what's next. He was asking, what's never going to change? What's core to what we're doing? And if you look at Amazon, those core things were people are always going to want their stuff faster and people are always going to want their stuff cheaper. And so that's what they work on. And they don't worry about all the other crazy bells and whistles that is that is going to distract them and, and take them off of that path to success. So I, I think one of the things we need to start looking at in sales is – what are those core things in sales that are never going to change? How do we double down on those? How do we bring that back and start to, frankly, ignore a, a lot of this other noise? That's so interesting because a couple of years ago when I, I was in a transition period, I was trying to think about a, a product that would solve a problem, you know, for specifically for the sales development community. And... The more I thought about it, it was really what the community needs is bringing together all these technologies and strategies and the new silver bullets and, you know, kind of operationalizing things. From And so I decided to just, you know, not develop the product, but just create like a, a consulting engagement framework where we could look at all this stuff and make it something useful and really boil it down to the most basic things. And that's what I've been doing now. And I, I feel like it was a good decision because it's like, do we, I mean, I'm sure that, I'm sure that these, all these technologies are doing great things and, and everyone's doing a great job, but I just felt like, do we really need another thing that we have to plug into the stack that's going to make everybody's life better? It, so yeah, <laughs> that's what well, that's okay. for yeah. for sure. And I th I think I mean that's the reason why I created this podcast is it's not like there's a shortage of great sales information and content to help you figure out how to be great, right? The, in fact, the yeah. problem is the opposite. There's too much. Mm -hmm. So what I wanted to understand is how have the best built their own 
process, their own routine, their own system for delivering results because they have access to all the same stuff. We've read all the same books, right? How do they bring it together for themselves? And I I think one of the biggest things that has come out of this is the styles and the approaches are all over the map. But those who do it best have a really good understanding of who they are, what their strengths are, the unique value that they bring. And they use that as the focal point and they build around that and they build their system for them. So the reality is it's not like there's this recipe out there and you just have to go make the recipe. The, what you have to do is you have to figure out who are you? Who are your customers, right? What are the unique things that you can bring? And then you have to build that system around yourself. And and it takes a lot of study and it takes a lot of practice and it takes a lot of conversation and learning and mentors and all of these things to get there. I don't know that it takes yet another tool, right? That's, I I think those, you said silver bullet earlier, right? I, I think we're all looking for shortcuts. The reality is, it's a really hard road. You're going to beat your head against the wall trying to get there, but you can't get there. How many more meetings could you set if your team made three times more calls per day and connected directly to decision makers? How much bigger would your pipeline be if you booked 20% more meetings this month? Don't wonder. Check out DiscoverOrg at discoverorg.com forward slash SDR for personalized demo. Yeah, and it sounds like, you know, it takes a lot of self-reflection and experience to kind of find your own voice. And it, it, for some people, it happens, you know, when they're 15. Others, it takes until you're 45. Sometimes it takes <laughs> until you're 75. But you've got to find your your own voice and what's real to you. And, and then from a sales perspective, how to translate that into a winning formula for helping customers and, and increasing your sales. Yeah, exactly right. And David, I know you wanted to talk about kind of sure. personal branding. I, I think if we make that pivot, yeah, you know, you you have to think of it. It's the same thing, right? Selling, personal branding, whatever it is, I think you need to think about sort of what's what's the goal. And from a branding perspective, I think you you want to consider what do I want to be known for? You know, who do I want to be? And then you just sort you start to develop that. And, you know, I knew that podcast for me is it, it's just the right medium, right? I, I absolutely love it. I love having conversations. This is, I mean, this is the easiest thing in the world there is like fire up Skype and talk to somebody for 45 minutes and we'll record that and put it out there, man, that beats the heck out of, you know, writing a big blog post and all the editing and trying to find the image and yeah, forget that. <laughs> this is way more fun. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, you know, it's the way I did it. So it, it's, this didn't play out the way that I thought it would when I started at certain. So that's the event marketing technology company. That was my, my stop in between Eloqua and relationship one. Because, again, I had at the back of the mind, my mind that someday I want to do sort of this big event and what better way to learn about events like that than to sell it and, and to work with some of the biggest companies in the world that, that put off amazing events. I worked with CA Technologies and, and helped them with the, with the underlying technology to run CA World and, and all that they do to manage that conference. Well, that's a really good example, right? And my theory going in, having not started that podcast yet, was when I looked at my friends who were the very best in sales to that point, 
I saw similar to what we, what we just talked about where the, their styles were all over the place. Like the way they did it was different. But I, I saw that they were consistent. And, and to borrow a cycling term, it was really just sort of time in the saddle. Right. They had been in the same industry, the same company, the same territory. They just had this deep domain expertise. They had the relationship. So they were able to get introductions into new opportunities. They had their own like reference pool so they, they could reference sell all day long without having to go beg marketing for, oh, I need somebody who's in this industry that does this to, to talk to this customer. They, are, they had those relationships and they had the relationships inside the organization to get things done for those customers. So when I joined Certain, my intent was to be there for the long term. And I wanted to figure out, like, how can I shortcut this cycle? Like without having to spend 10 years here, how do I become known and bring this all together? And I thought, I thought, you know what, in a perfect world, like the craziest thing I could do is I would write a book. And I started outlining that book. And fortunately, thank God, I had a, a mastermind group that I was a part of. And I told them what I was working on, what this idea was. And one of them introduced me to an, another gentleman who had written some books where his model was he brought people in to help him write the book and kind of co-author it with him. And so I had a great conversation with him, got some great ideas, and I basically looked at my outline and went, oh my God, I can put names next to these chapters and I can have other people write it. So I went from that idea to a published book in six months. That book was called Making Rain with Events. And I, I just recruited some of my other thought leader friends in, in the marketing technology space, and we pulled together this amazing thing. And then I knew that I wanted to do the podcast, so I convinced them that it would be a really good idea for us to have a podcast, and you should pay for me to have all the equipment and learn how to do this. And initially, it was the book basically as an audio book in the form of a podcast. So every episode was a chapter. And then I turned it into an interview format. What's interesting, and I, I don't think that this was my idea on the onset, but when I joined Relationship One, fortunately that, that original podcast doesn't exist anymore. So that I got all my bad radio out. <laughs> and I, I, I learned the hard way through some stuff. I, I edited some of that stuff myself. I edited out every breath that I took. You're not supposed to do that. That was ridiculous. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when I joined Relationship me. One, I thought, okay, we need to do this again. And again, this this theme of success stories comes out because, it's, again, it's, it's not only what I've always wanted. It's not only scratching my own itch, but having gone to, especially in the time with certain, I went to so many marketing conferences, it was disgusting. Yeah. And what's missing from those events, I mean, people go to events for two reasons. They go for the content, but the bigger reason is they go for the connections because what they really want is, okay, yeah, maybe I'll learn something from the people who are on stage, but I really just want to connect with other people like me who are dealing with the same challenges I am. And I want to learn from them. How the heck are you dealing with this? Like, what are you doing that's working? What's not working? Like, what shouldn't I waste my time on? And we don't put enough of that type of content out there. So I thought, okay, we're going to create a, a podcast here. We're going to call it Inspired Marketing, and that's all it's going to be. 
it's only going to be these success stories. And we're very niche at Relationship One. We only work within the Oracle Marketing Cloud. So it's it's all Eloqua clients all the time. And then, and then as Oracle has kind of expanded the Marketing Cloud, we do work on, on a number of those other solutions. So I would just start reaching out to people and asking them to come on the show. David, here's the thing. That podcast has been the biggest door opener I have ever experienced in my entire sale career. Because when I reach out and say, hey, David, would you be interested in, in doing a podcast interview with me? It's all about them. My, my response yes. rate's like 80%. And if you look at that show, I mean, that show is impressive. I've had Lenovo, Dell, Optum, the Chicago Bears. I mean, the, the list goes on and on and on. It's, it's just, I just interviewed Cisco. They'll be on next week. The, the places we've been able to go with that are absolutely amazing. And because of the conversation that just is a natural byproduct of that, I mean, there's there's like four conversations that happen around an interview, right? So yeah. I reach out, they say, yeah, that's interesting. Let's talk about that. So we do sort of a prep conversation. We talk about what we're going to talk about <laughs> and where are we going to focus and what are the questions? Okay, that's good. And then we do the actual interview and the magic of these things, and I know you've seen this, all the greatest stuff happens before and after I turn on the recording. <laughs> yes. Especially after, right? Because the way yeah. that I structure the conversation, we talk about all the great things they're doing. We talk about their successes and all of that. But I also ask about, you know, what's what's the biggest challenge? Like, what was the hardest part? If you could do it over again, what would you do differently? And then I ask, like, what's next? Like, you've done all this great stuff. Where are you going? Mm. Well, when we finish that, part of the conversation, it's so natural. There's two things that happen. The first thing that happens is they, they say, okay, Scott, here's the thing I couldn't tell you on the record. And I get all sorts of like juicy tidbits that are just fun, right? Cause I love, I love this space, right? It's, it's so interesting and fascinating for me. So they, they drop the, the real truth on me about, oh, here's what's going on. I couldn't tell you about this because I'd offend this person or here's, you know, what's going, it's, it's all kind of political, right? They're covering their butts in that piece of things. But then it's, wait, now what do you guys do? Because as we start going down this path, we're probably going to need help with X, Y, or Z. It's it's go. the most natural sales lead in I have ever experienced. The conversion rates amazing. And then I try and make them famous. Right. Then the episode gets published and we're sharing it. We're doing all this stuff and it's all about them. Right. And it's okay. and it's all these channels. So the way that you form. So you've got two podcasts that you've got. I do. The one that you I do. do with relationship. one. OK. And then and then the uh, sales success. So the way that you formulated the, the relationship one was you you thought about the problems that your audience is facing and people who have been successful in grappling with these that might uh, add value to the greater audience to hear about how they grappled with these problems and, and solve them. And, and then you set up this podcast to bring them on the show where you go through that and you make them famous, but then you also have these on and off air conversations that lead to other things. Exactly. So here's the deal. That's amazing. If I mean, the people that I'm talking to look like most of my other clients and my other prospects, right? So the challenges that they're experiencing, talking through that is the perfect content for the rest of the audience. So it's, it's just a great lead in and we're able to repurpose that and do some great things with that. But here's the thing. If nobody ever listened to that podcast, it would be worth it. 
because of the relationships that you build with the folks on the other side of the microphone. And, and so James Carberry, who runs the B2B growth show, that's his whole business model. They've got a daily show, so he's producing hundreds of episodes, but he's he's wow. built sort of a podcast agency out of this where they will deliver this for companies. And he tells them the same thing. Like, don't worry about how big your audience is or how many downloads you get. The value of this is the relationships that you create by interviewing people. And, and, and so, putting this together. Okay. Yeah. So, so whether they're your ideal client profile and you just reach out proactively. So next week is Oracle's big show. It's, it's modern customer experience. That's our big event for the year. I will do 10 podcast interviews next week in Chicago. At the actual event. At the event. So we'll, we'll okay. do it. We'll do it in a suite. So that's what our outreach has been the last few weeks. Right. I have and, and I've involved the whole sales team. It's not just me. I'm like, look, leverage me. Let me help you reach out, suggest that they be on the podcast. And then I give them all of the tools to build that relationship. So when, when we're when we're scheduling it, we're making sure that we get mobile phone numbers so that we can coordinate when it's there and they become their host because I'm doing back to back interviews. I'm busy. <laughs> so yeah. what will happen is one of my sales colleagues, they'll text that person. They'll meet up. He or she will walk them up to the suite. They basically act as their host while we do the interview. They'll sit there. They'll listen. They'll hear this conversation. And then they're going to walk them back down after the event. And well, what do you think that conversation is going to look like? What are they going to be talking about? Amazing. Amazing. I, okay. So let me ask you this. So when you, you sat down, did you sit down with a goal for the Scott Ingram personal brand or did it just sort of flow naturally out of your, you know, willingness to help people through the podcasts and, you know, the relationship one side and on the sales side? Or did you sit down and go, okay, I'm going to create the Scott Ingram brand and here's what it's going to look like and here's my goals for it and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, they're kind of one and the same. I can't say that I was like crazy intentional about the brand other than knowing that if you create great content, right? And, and you build an audience and, you know, you build a network and you do those other things. It just sort of comes with it, right? People are going to talk about you. People are going to talk about the show. People are going to share that. So it works. And, and so I think the ingredients are, yeah, you do want to be mindful, like I said, at the beginning of what do you want to be known for? You know, who, who do you want to be? I love to be known as I'm the success story guy, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like being associated with success, that's a good thing. So that's great. Then you've got to kind of find the channel. And I learned a lot from Joe Polizzi, who he founded the Content Marketing Institute, wrote a bunch of books on content, epic content marketing, great, great book. But he wrote another one that was called Content Inc. And it was a brilliant book because it was basically he, t he outlined what his business model was. So, you know, he's like, we started and we started with this blog. And, you know, then that led to the conference. Well, content marketing world now is, I don't know, 7,000 people. I mean, I was there three years ago. It was 5,000 people, something like that. And he sold that company within 10 years for, I don't know, $30 million, something, something like that. And so Content Inc. was really his model. And what he talks about is you have to find kind of your content tilt. Like, what is that niche? What is that special, unique thing that you're going to bring to it? Because again, I, I'm maintaining a list right now on my website at top1.fm 
of over a hundred sales podcasts. Most of them are the same old thing, right? So you have to kind of figure out like, what is your tilt? And then he's like, what is your channel? You, you shouldn't try and do them all. You like, you, you can't, I'm going to be great at LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Like, no, you're going to be mediocre everywhere and you don't have time for that. So find the one channel. So for me, it's, it's podcast, right? And I do a little bit of LinkedIn and a little bit of Twitter, but at the end of the day, it's all anchored on that podcast. And it's, it's just building the audience and learning from the audience and going from there. And I think that model potentially as a personal branding model is is pretty brilliant. Okay, those are some great resources, Content Inc. and the Content Marketing. Did you say, what was the second one? The other book that he wrote, Content Marketing Conference? or So the, yeah, let me, let me give you the, the sure. breakdown. So it's the Content Marketing Institute was the original parent company. Okay. They created Content Marketing World. Joe, so it's Joe Polizzi. And David, I'll send you links because that's a little tough to spell sure. <laughs> right, right out of the gate. So you can include it in the show notes. He wrote four or five or six books, but the other one that for me was really helpful was Epic Content Marketing. That's it. Okay. Got it. Awesome. Okay. I love those takeaways. Now you, you've created this, this niche on both sides and how does it lead in to your conference that you have coming up? So now you've taken the next step where you're trying to bring these people together live Tell us about the conference and how it feeds into the other work that you've been doing. Yeah. So the conference is, I mean, the folks that I've had, and, and this, is, this is just on the sales podcast side. This is all sales success stories. For me, I have been able to build an incredible set of mentors, right? Again, I've, I've interviewed 40 folks who were all number one, top 1% companies like LinkedIn, ADP, Microsoft. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable, you know, who yeah. I've been able to, to talk to in that context, but I've only met, I don't know, five or six of them. So part of this is very selfish. Like I want to hang out with these people. They're awesome. <laughs> right. But yeah. I also, I wanted to bring my audience closer to that because the problem with the podcast medium is it's very one way, right? You're listening to this right now. You're in your car, you're at the gym. You're not really engaged in doing other stuff, right? You're, you're not, you're probably not even a hundred percent focused, right? And you don't get to ask me, you, you know, you can't, like reach through to David and say, Oh my God, David, ask him about this. Like, that's right. what I want to hear. Right. Yeah. There's, there's no mechanism to do that. So uh, again, it's, it's bringing the people together. I've run across the quote from Jim Rohn, my entire sales career that says you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Nice. But in, until the last two or three years, I've never really intentionally acted on that. And so this allows me to act on that, but at the same time, help other people act on that and help them find and connect with mentors. Not only, you know, SCRs, AEs, folks that are, that are early in their career starting out and trying to build something, but for the top 1% that are on my show, 20 of them, right? right at current count, half of the people who have been on my show are going to be at this event. So it's also for them because when you're number one, by definition, you don't have any peers, not inside your own company. 
right? All you have is a bullseye on your back. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so exactly. it's it's also an opportunity for them, for us to build that community and for them to connect and for them to learn from each other and for them to sharpen, the, sharpen their own axes and their own saws uh, as, as they go out and do other things. And we're all going to benefit from that, right? They're going to have great conversations with themselves. And again, I, I spent a lot of time very intentionally learning about the event space. Frankly, there's a lot of things about most events that drive me freaking nuts, Right. There's not I, I go there because I do want to meet other people and I do want to have other conversations. But then there's this agenda that's wall to wall packed and you're packed in like sardines in a hotel conference room and the chairs are connected to each other and you're sitting on top of people. And it's just it's not conducive to what I wanted. So we're doing the event here in Austin at a movie theater chain that started here. It's a very Austin institution called the Alamo Draft House. And so if you'll imagine being in a movie theater, so the presentations are on a movie screen, but better yet, this particular chain is full service. So there won't be meal breaks because there will be somebody to bring you food and drinks to your chair throughout the entire conference. And then I'm building nice. everything sort of in two hour blocks. So there's never more than 90 minutes of content in a row before we have a 30 minute break so okay. that people can have conversations and start to dissect this stuff and, and ask the questions and, and in a really intimate space, right? I'm, I'm intentionally, especially in this first year, I don't need to build a conference with thousands of people, right? You can go yeah. to Dreamforce for that and be completely overwhelmed, right? Instead, this is about creating like that unique environment. And, you know, a lot of folks, they've been looking for an excuse to come to Austin. So very intentionally, we put the conference at the beginning of the month, in the middle of a quarter, it's May 7th and 8th. And it's on a Monday and Tuesday because one, I just didn't want to have a big impact on real selling time. And Monday and Tuesday aren't maybe the most prolific days of the week, but it also creates the excuse for people to fly out Friday or Saturday and spend some time in Austin and hang out. And the thing we'll do that first night after the full day on Monday, we're going to do sort of this iconic Austin dine around. So I've picked about a dozen different iconic Austin restaurants and all of the presenters and all of the folks that have been on my podcast are going to be at different places. And you can kind of choose what kind of food do you want? Who do you want to hang out with? You know, who do you want to learn more from where you'll have a dinner with six or eight or 10 people and it, and it be again, that intimate space where you can ask questions and have the conversations and hear what are these people doing? How are they thinking? How are they interacting? And here are the, here are the questions of other people, you know, in, in just this really, really different uh, event that is much more of an experience than the, than the typical kind of conference experience is a lot of what I'm trying to do. I love that. And I'm with you. I, I think most of the value of a conference is meeting people and making, you know, new contacts and new friends. And it sounds like you've, you've figured that out. Do you have any other any other things planned to get people to interact more together? Not to bring out the tech card, but I know that there's apps now that try to get people to connect in different ways. Is it is it just breaks where they can go out and meet each other, or are, are there any other activities where people can interact? Yeah, I'm not too worried about the tech. In, in fact, yeah. <laughs> Once upon a long time ago, I think I actually changed the the title of it. It may still be in LinkedIn because I think I posted on on LinkedIn. I wrote an article that was something like, you know, tweeting at conferences make you stupid. 
<laughs> and and my funny. point of that was it's a distraction. You're pulling out your phone or you're pulling out your laptop and you're going to go do that tweet. And now you got to go look up the hashtag and, oh, ding, there goes an email. And the next thing you know, you're 15 minutes into some email thread and you've missed what's been happening at the conference where you really had an opportunity to learn. So in some ways, I'm, I'm kind of technology not agnostic, but I'm a little bit against it. What I've done, though, a very good friend of mine here in Austin, a guy named Tom Singer, is a keynote speaker. And one of the things that he does, he has this program where he is the conference catalyst. And he has built out sort of this process. He, work, he, he keynotes very large events to sort of enable this. And I, I think it's maybe less necessary in a sales environment, but I still think it's valuable. And it's creating space where it's okay to have the conversations that you want to have. Because, you know, the other thing I found after these 40 interviews is the percentage of introverts who are top sellers is much higher than you think. So we can't assume that great salespeople are, are all extroverts. And if we just put them a room in a room together, it'll happen. Don't worry about it. I'm being really intentional about what we do. And so that's why I've, I've hired Tom to help be the catalyst for the event, to drive that interaction throughout and to make it OK and to create that space and allow it to, to happen really, really intentionally. Nice. That is awesome, dude. I am learning a ton for the conference in, in August, because I think that that's, that's why people go to conferences. They, they want that interaction. And, and it is, I mean, to your point, there's a lot of introverts in sales and, and it's not the typical, I mean, we could talk about this for a long time, but it's, it's not the typical like used car salesman necessarily. That's 100% the personality type in sales. There's a lot of people who, you know, just get their energy from different activities and they can they can a lot of times be the top seller because they just fit really well with the industry and with the way that that, that people do things and they're, they're not necessarily the stereotype of a, of this that used car salesman so well and i i think my show is stereotype smashing <laughs> I, I, nice. I, I, I really I don't think that there's anybody that even fits the stereotype that you have in your head of the unbelievable hard charging. I'll do anything to anybody to make my commission and be number one. It, it's just not who it is. Now, I think there's some self-selection bias. I think the small handful of people who have said no, they won't come on my show probably fit that bill. <laughs> you know, they're yeah. not the ones that are going to give back and share and pay it forward like the people who who spend an hour and a half with me in a lot of cases or two hours in in some of these interviews. I mean it's it's very deep dive, right? You're not willing to do that if you're you're solely focused in that way. So again, there is some self-selection bias, but the vast majority have agreed to come on the show and the conversations are are amazing and and they're not who you think they are. Yeah. Well, Scott, this has been so informative. I think anybody who has been thinking about, you know, getting into the personal branding space and trying out uh, some of these different strategies will get a lot of value out of our conversation today. I learned a ton and I can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing. If folks are interested in, in the conference in May, that's May 7th and 8th in Austin. What's the best way to find that more information about the conference and and your podcast as well. Yeah, so I'll give you two and a half resources. So the okay. Summit website is top1summit.com. 
the podcast site is top1.fm. Those are both with the number one. So top1summit.com, top1.fm. The other thing I'll do, David, I'm going to create a special page for your audience. If they'll go to top1.fm forward slash SDP for sales development podcast, I will cook up a special referral code for them if they want to join us at the summit. Nice. Okay. So just go to top one, number one, fm.com forward slash SDP. And Scott will hook you up with a code for the conference to get you there. Yep. One tweak, not.com. So top one, T-O-P, the number one, dot FM. Oh, dot FM. I'm sorry. Yep. Yep. We'll put that in the show notes as well to make sure that we got it right. And we'll, we'll get them over there. Thank you so much, Scott, for the offer. And I hope everyone will take advantage of it because, yeah, like Jim Rohn said, you become kind of who you hang out with and you want to hang out with the 1% because some of that's going to rub off, right? (laughs) That's what I'm hoping. (laughs) All right, Scott. Well, thanks again and good luck with the, the show. I can't wait to dive in more on the podcast and best of luck with the conference. I know it's going to go well. Always a pleasure to talk with you, David. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast. The only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development with your host, David Delaney. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.